He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Something really interesting happened recently that I want to share with you because I think it's a great way to look into the mirror and see that shadow that trips us all up. So I was at lunch with a friend and our waitress was really unpleasant. You know how people can say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And we use that feedback to watch our tone, right? Well, the slave must have taken that to heart because she had a very pleasant tone. But her actual words were not nice at all. So the honey was mixing with jalapeno and was making me really confused. That's when my friend looked at me and said, no, don't give her the benefit of the doubt. I know that passive aggressive game because I used to play it. That's when it really stood out to me that the best teachers to help us see our own shadow is other people. It's the whole idea of if you spot it, you got it, right? So what I'm going to do in this podcast is highlight 30 things that stand in the way of fabulous relationships in 30 minutes or less. So it's a challenge. We'll see if I make it. (laughs) And sometimes the thing I talk about will be because of you, or sometimes it'll be because of them. And if it resonates and you notice that it is you, cool, change it. We can't adjust if we aren't aware of the issue. If you notice that it's them, you can still adjust by asking for what you want, or in some cases, distancing yourself from that person because you're not on the same wavelength. An unhealthy relationship will not serve you in the long run. Maybe it was a good one at one point, but people grow, and we don't always grow at the same rate or in the same direction. So it's okay to let people go or to go your own way. Hi, I'm Laura Giles, and you're listening to Surviving to Thriving, a weekly podcast that focuses on one topic per week that can move you closer to connection. In my over 20 years in holistic health, I've come to believe that a huge requirement to having a fulfilling, meaningful life is to belong. When we have healthy connections, we can weather any storm. And if the podcast inspires you or teaches you something, I ask that you reciprocate by writing a comment, review, or subscribing as that helps to boost the podcast ratings so others can benefit too. You can also join my free community where we gather to deepen platonic intimacy and just have a safe place to belong. The link's in the show notes. All right, 30 things that mess up relationships in 30 minutes or less. Ready? Go to number one. The first one is not a good conversationalist. We all know someone who doesn't have much to add to the conversation, right? There are a lot of possible reasons for this. Maybe they don't have a lot of life experience and have nothing to add. It could be that they can't put themselves in other people's shoes so they can't speak in a way that conveys empathy. 
And empathy is an important aspect of connection. It could be uh, due to anxiety or PTSD. The hopeful thing about this one is that conversational skills can be learned. There is this free group all around the world called Toastmasters. I think it was started to help people with wedding toasts, but it really can help anyone speak in any situation. YouTube is a great place for free tips too. Everyone can learn better speaking skills and social skills. Don't get frustrated. There's a lot of nonverbal cues that go into learning how to be comfortable in social situations. And if you grew up in an environment where your parents and peers didn't have healthy social skills, of course you didn't learn them. But it's not too late to learn now. Number two is one-upping. This is when someone says something that they're proud of and you do one better. Like if I say I'm going to Florida this summer for vacation, you tell me you're going to Fiji. If I say I just bought a new Chevy that I absolutely love, you tell me that you have your eye on an Audi. And this can seem like you're just having a conversation and sharing, but if the other person is sharing something that boosts them up, just give them a line link. Even if you really do have something great to share, share yours at a different time. Sharing space in a good way is an expression of reciprocity and hospitality. It leaves you both feeling good and that's what a great friendship does. So number three is being needy. Being clingy, needy, and needing constant attention or reassurance, texting all the time, comes from inner insecurity and not being able to read the room. It's okay to feel insecure sometimes. We all get there. But when someone is withdrawing or wilting, notice it. Step back. Allow them some space. When they have this space to recharge, they're going to be more willing to engage later. If you run over them with your needs, you can wear them out and push them away totally. I recently shared in the sanctuary about a time when my first love and I broke up. I was leaning heavily on my friend. It was all I could talk about or think about. And finally, she said to me something like, I can't listen to this anymore. It was very uncharacteristic of her and the directness of her words stopped me in my tracks. It helped me to realize that I was sucking up all the air in the room and not seeing her or anything else. Even though my feelings were hurt at first, it was exactly what I needed to help me to start putting things into perspective. It's very rare that the thing that is preoccupying requires everyone else's full attention. We all have lives, and to live together harmoniously, we have to be both self-aware and other-aware. This doesn't mean that you can't talk to other people or share your troubles. That's what friends are for. It does mean that you want to be careful about dumping your stuff on other people. Share the load. This is why it's good to have a wide social circle. Nobody gets worn out. And there is also professional help. Sometimes you really are needy. And if you're handicapped or ill, you may need a lot of assistance. If you can spread out the load between professional and personal caregivers, it can help to prevent burnout. So number four is advice giving. Everybody needs advice sometimes, but make sure the other person is asking for it before you offer it. I know somebody who has a well-meaning friend who gets so frustrated because he's always telling him what to do and the other person doesn't listen. They fight about it because the guy who is giving the advice thinks he's right. He comes across as superior and judgmental, and it feels bad to the guy he's talking to. You are the hero of your own story, and it's up to you to make a life in whatever way you want to. You don't have to listen to anybody's advice, and you don't have to save the world. 
When we offer only advice when it's asked for, both parties feel respected. Number five is not listening. This is ignoring what people say if you don't like it, acting like what was said wasn't said, or making people repeat what they said because you weren't paying attention. It's invalidating. Now we all get distracted, or maybe we're tired sometimes and don't hear. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a pattern of behavior. It's manipulative to ignore what people say and act like it wasn't said. That's a tactic to get your own way because you're hoping that they don't have the courage to call you out. That works with some people. But it also creates an unequal relationship because you dominate them. That typically doesn't lead to a satisfying relationship. So you can manipulate people to stay in your life, but you're probably not going to feel connected or uplifted by that because it's a relationship based on power and control, not mutual respect, love, or understanding. John Gottman is a leading relationship expert, and he has identified the most important indicator of a satisfying relationship, and it's acknowledgement. So when I come into the room, you greet me, you smile, you stop what you're doing and acknowledge me in a cheerful way. Listening is a form of acknowledgement. It's saying you're important. Your thoughts are important. I care about you. It's a little thing. Relationships are made or broken typically from the little things, not big betrayals. They fail to connect or drift away bit by bit from things like, he's not listening. Pay attention to this. It can make a huge difference in the quality of your relationships. And it can sometimes stop you from getting into relationships that don't serve you at all. Number six is being fake. When we meet someone who we want to like us, we can put on the face that we think that they will like the best. We can be more cheerful, more agreeable or energetic than we really feel. Then, if they do like us, they get a version of us that's fake and that can't be sustained. So we have two choices. We can either continue to hide our real selves or when we let the real self out, then they can feel like we're Sybil or they don't know who we are. It's confusing, guys. If I think that you're really into Scrabble and it turns out that you hate Scrabble or whatever it is, what are we going to do together? If the thing that glues us isn't actually real, I will have invested in a relationship that may not ever have been compatible. I've seen many couples over the years who are married a few years before they figure this out. They set themselves up for failure because the goal was to get married, not to find someone compatible. So they put on this false face and pretend that they have a higher sex drive than they actually do, care about their appearance more than they do, enjoy sports, cooking, the outdoors, or whatever more than they do, and then they end up with a partner who is a stranger. There are always comments like, he's changed. Before we were married, he used to want to go shopping with me all the time, and now all he wants to do is sit around and watch football. He probably always wanted to sit around and watch football, and now he's allowing himself the space to do that, because he's taking you for granted and he doesn't have to woo you. That just leads to disappointment. So don't be fake. If you like something, say it. And if you don't like something, say it. People can still like you if you don't have things in common and they will have realistic expectations of what brings you joy and how the two of you can occupy that space together. Number seven is rushing to intimacy. Now this might sound like I'm talking about lovers, but I'm talking about friends too. Intimacy doesn't have to be sexual. 
But if you're sleeping with someone on the first or third date, you're probably rushing to intimacy. No judgment. I'm just saying that connections take time. You might really hit it off with someone at a barbecue and that becomes, you know, they're your fast friends, your lovers. But over time, you get a sense of their whole selves and their whole lives. We can't spill the entire beans in an outing or two. And even over the space of a few months. This is why some people don't have relationships that last more than a few months. They committed too soon. Rather than staying in that exploratory phase where you're open, curious, and figuring things out slowly. By the time reality sets in, we may realize that we don't have all that much in common, don't really know each other, and maybe don't even like each other. That huge letdown can be avoided if we take it slow. If someone is your true friend, they'll be there a month from now or even a year from now. So take it easy. Number eight is love bombing. Love bombing is over-the-top approval, flattery, attention, and gifts. It's designed to get someone to like you, and it's manipulative. Sometimes um, it comes from a good place, and some spiritual places we're taught to love, to be compassionate, forgiving, open-hearted, and loving. So this is an expression of that. Love without boundaries is a recipe for disaster. It can invite people to abuse you. It can lead you to disregard your own boundaries. In the beginning of the podcast, I talked about reciprocity. Love bombing can also back you into a corner out of a sense of obligation. If I've been so nice to you, you might find it hard to say no to me. If I ask you for increasingly distasteful things, you might find yourself doing things you never thought you would do because you've been manipulated. Or it doesn't have to be that extreme. It could just be that you give too much and you end up in a relationship that doesn't feel equal or fulfilling. So beware of people who love bomb. They're not enlightened beings. People with healthy boundaries don't do that. Number eight is your bar is too high. I need to speed things up to hit 30 and 30. Okay. (laughs) And if you expect people to be perfect um, on call or do what you want them to do, your bar is going to be too high. People are different. They're not going to be everything you want them to be. And that's okay. If you want healthy relationships, accept people as they are. Number 10 is your bar is too low. Everybody's lovely, but this doesn't mean that you have to have them in your friend circle. It's best to have a tiered system, an outer tier, a middle tier, and an inner tier. So give the bulk of your attention and resources to the inner tier and make sure those people have healthy boundaries and offer each other something. We're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Make sure those five people are high caliber. I once lowered my bar because I was judging myself as not as compassionate or open-minded as I wanted to be, and I wanted to love everybody equally. And that led me to having a lot of frustration, not because they weren't lovely or worthy people. We're all beautiful and worthy. But it's like if you have a really highly skilled basketball team and you're playing a beginner team, it's not much of a good game, is it? It's probably not very fun for either side. The same would be true if we're talking about two painters or two gardeners. There has to be a way to connect. Eleven is complaining. If you complain... When they complain, the energy is low. It's a downer. People want to be with people who are uplifting because of resonance. The strongest energy dominates. And if you're low, you might bring me down. It's okay to talk about sad things. Life is sometimes tragic or infuriating. If you live there, people will avoid you. If this is you, 
get evaluated for trauma. Trauma creates negativity. It's adaptive. It's your brain trying to highlight potential danger to keep you alive, but it's also probably making you and everyone else miserable. Number 12 is selfishness. Selfish behavior is when you think about yourself, but not others. So maybe you eat and don't offer others something, or you don't consider anyone else's time. Or maybe you have a lot of resources and you're going somewhere without a lot of resources, but you don't share. This gives off a vibe that you're not part of the team. Connection is a two-way street. You can't hold hands with just one hand. You have to have skin in the game. Selfishness is common in only children because they don't have to share with anyone. It's a learned mindset and anyone can learn how to see others with practice. All you have to do is think about the other person. Consider how you show up and how it impacts them. Adjust so that both sides are comfortable and happy, but don't overgive. It's not your job to make someone happy. Some people won't be happy, so just consider them. Thirteen is drama. Drama is high energy. Some people feed off of it to feel alive. They can make baking a cake dramatic, but it's exhausting after a while. If you're bringing the drama, maybe you learn how to relax. If you are around drama, maybe you cut that out or reduce that contact. Drama is a barrier to connection, and that's why some people engage in it. Think about that. Fourteen is scorekeeping. Relationships that keep score aren't relational. They're transactional. There is a sense of obligation to them. We can feel let down if we don't feel we're getting our value out of them. When we release the scorekeeping and enjoy each other and the moment for what it brings, each person tends to have more space to show up authentically. Now, I'm not saying that relational relationships don't get unequal. Everyone still wants to feel valued and that each person is contributing, but it's about reciprocity. I give because I love. You give because you love. If you aren't giving, maybe there's no love. But there is no scorekeeping to it. It just feels different. Fifteen is gossip. Gossip is a trust destroyer. If you're gossiping with me about our mutual friend, I know that you gossip about me behind my back. A gossip isn't selective about who they're talking about. They talk about everybody. If you're doing this or are friends with someone who does this, I'd stop. Some people feel that it connects them to others by aligning them against someone else, but you can't build connection that way. 16 is unhealthy boundaries. Boundaries protect our feelings, property, and sense of sovereignty. We can't have healthy relationships without them because we don't know where we begin and end. We don't know where they begin and end, so we need to be clear. 17 is people-pleasing. People-pleasing is when you try too hard, put someone else's comfort and feelings above your own, and don't know where you stand until they have declared themselves. You aren't present in this relationship, or maybe they aren't, if your friends are people pleasers. In healthy relationships, each person has the freedom and safety to be who they are. A healthy and fulfilling relationship is not possible with this person. 18 is you can't read social cues. People who can't read social cues can be boring. <laughs> they talk too long about things nobody wants to hear. They don't know when to leave, don't know when to stop. It can drain energy of the people around them. Social cues are a way of showing where I am. And if you can't read them, you can't be here with me. And we aren't playing the same game. It doesn't feel good to either of us because we aren't relating. This is something uh, that is learned organically when we're little. If you didn't have healthy role models, 
you wouldn't have learned healthy social cues, but it's not too late to learn them now. 19 is you're always right. People who are always right and never apologize give off a judgy vibe. If you're right, then I must be wrong. And nobody likes feeling like they're all wrong all the time. So chances are I'm going to keep my distance from you. So if this is you, I'd learn to be more flexible. Perfectionism and inflexibility is an expression of trauma. So rule that out. 20. You don't reciprocate. There is that reciprocate word again. If you take without giving or always trying to get the best deal for yourself or you're on the receiving end of that, your relationships are going to feel unequal and unfulfilling. Everyone wants to be seen, appreciated, and valued. And if I'm always getting the short end of the stick or if I'm giving far more than I receive, at some point I'm going to say no if I have healthy self-esteem. And the only way to have healthy relationships is to be in relationships with people who have healthy self-esteem. To 21 is anger. Anger is normal and natural, but when it's explosive, it's abusive. Nobody wants that and will keep that person at a distance. 22 is lying. If I were ranking these in order of importance, lying would be my number one. It's a relationship killer because it kills trust. People notice little white lies and inconsistencies. It's better to say something like, I'm not ready to talk about that, than to lie about something. I've had people in my life who are on their way to the inner tier, but it was derailed by one little white lie. Um, 23, deception. So cheating, manipulation, that'll ruin a relationship and keep you from getting close. Two clients this week told me about a Facebook group called Are We Dating the Same Person? Social media has a positive purpose sometimes. If you suspect your person could be cheating or manipulating and you need to go to a group like this, maybe that's not someone you need to have in your life. 24 is not vulnerable. When we're not vulnerable, we come across as not trustworthy or warm. It's like snuggling up to a porcupine. Maybe the only match for that person is another porcupine. If you want to increase your social circle, maybe learn not to be so prickly. Everyone has a different personality, but some of this is learned in childhood. If you didn't have warm, nurturing, high-touch parents, you're probably more guarded. This can change. Try cuddle parties. I'm serious. It's platonic intimacy. We all have touch needs, and if you learn that touch is safe, your nervous system will allow you to open up to people in all ways. So number 25 is meanness. So saying things harshly or to hurt others, that's mean. Hurt people hurt people. If this is you, I'd heal so that you can be close to others without harming them. If you're around mean people, maybe set some boundaries or distance yourself. You don't have to be subjected to that. 26 is looking down on others. Making other people feel unworthy or less important or valued is a way of elevating yourself. It works, but it works at the expense of the other person, and this doesn't feel good. So chances are your relationships aren't all that connected. If this is resonating, ask yourself, why you are where you are, meaning why do you want to be above others or why are you allowing others to be above you? There's something to learn here. Heal so that you can have equal loving relationships. 27 is negativity. Um, good on time, right? <laughs> so being negative is things like being critical, blaming, or being cynical. Life's not all roses. We do experience trials, disappointments, and tragedy. It's okay to talk about it. When you live here, you bring your heart and brain out of coherence and set a tone for dis-ease. It impacts not only you, but the people around you because everything's energy. 
If you want to be healthier and to have healthier relationships, learn how to self-soothe, cope, and move through negative events so they don't become a lifestyle. The Surviving to Thriving Academy can help with that. I offer breakthrough sessions um, as well. So check out the show notes for either one of those. 28 is don't initiate. So I'm talking about initiating conversations, invitations, and not making an effort to sustain the relationship. Nobody wants to be the one who reaches out all the time. They can feel like they're carrying all the responsibility for the relationship and that's a drag. Again, it goes back to feeling unequal. We all want to feel like we have an equal interest in the relationship. If you are interested, reach out. If the other person isn't reaching out, let them know what you want. If they don't or can't, maybe this person isn't healthy enough to have a meaningful relationship with you. 29 is don't apologize. I'm not sure what makes apologizing so hard for some people, but it's like anything. When you practice, it becomes easy. When I'm with people who don't apologize, it feels like there's a rift. I came back to a place of neutrality, but they didn't meet me there. They're standing above me and that doesn't feel good. Feeling good is my gauge for whether or not I want to do something or not. I'm a gut person. Things have to feel good. And if they don't, I can't say yes or be there. Learning how to apologize is an easy way to enhance your relationships. If you've ever gotten the feedback, you never apologize. Take it to heart. Notice when things are out of alignment. Own your own part. Apologize and fix it. I don't mean over-apologize or take responsibility for things that aren't yours. Just apologize appropriately. It's healing. 30 is to be open to growth. So what I just said is about being open to growth. (laughs) So if every day is about growth, your ego never gets threatened by someone giving you feedback, someone leaving, missing out on an opportunity or not getting what you want. We're always growing. Our friends are too. If we don't grow with them, we can grow apart. So it's okay. Sometimes it happens. But you don't want to be the person at the high school reunion who is exactly the same as they were in high school. Growth requires open-mindedness, and it's hard to stay connected to people who aren't open in all the ways that we're growing or someone who can't entertain new ideas. We live in the information age. It's absolutely explosive. That information comes out every day. And if you aren't open to growth, you're obsolete. Everybody needs healthy connections. If you have no friends, few friends, relationship conflicts, have a lot of acquaintances, but no relation or meaningful relationships, you can make some changes, right? But you got to see what the problems are. When I hear stories in the news about suicide, rape, divorce, and war, I think about how it can be different if we all have communities. People who are connected look out for each other. We're healthier and happier. And if you see anything in this list that makes you go, hmm, I do that, tweak it. We can't change what we're not aware of. So I hope that this helps you to be a better version of yourself and that that ripples out into the world in a very positive way. So let's all make that happen today. And I did it. I'm under 30 minutes. I can't believe it. I know I was talking really fast. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and check out the private community in the show notes. Appreciate you. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you 
next time. 